All right, sweet. I think we're good now. So hopefully people can hear us. So, well, uh, I want to introduce my guest for the first uh, Modern Day Overthinker Local Live. Oh, they're doing subtitles now? This is sweet. All right. I just see that on the other screen now. Um, it's uh, Ben Snyder. He's a Davenport native. And uh, I'll kind of let you introduce yourself, you know, let people know who you are, you know, where you, where you grew up, where you went to school, all that good stuff. Because uh, we're trying to keep things local here. So, Sure, yeah. Uh, my name, like Colin said, Ben Snyder. Uh, grew up here, um, pretty much lived here my whole life um, in the Quad Cities. Um, graduated from North High School. Um, went to Western Illinois, the Moline campus here. Graduated from there with a bachelor's in law enforcement and minor in uh, security administration. And then got my second bachelor's at uh, Ashford University up in Clinton in supply chain management. Um, worked uh, locally here at Best Buy, Toys R Us, Menards, pretty much all retail. Uh, most of my family's here in town. Um, yeah, other than that, um, yeah, created an app, uh, local boy, so... Yeah, that's pretty much me right now. So, so what's uh, I I looked over the app. I looked over some things. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the app and kind of what makes it different. I know it's a food. It's food related, obviously. Yeah. Um, but just a little bit about it. I know you're still kind of working on launching it here. Um, right. Yeah. So the the app itself is the concept is really takes off on the idea of best price guarantee for food delivery. So, um, so delivery focused, delivery focused. Yeah. And it's to save people money. So think about the, the concept of like hotels.com. You go there and they basically negotiate or give you the best price for a hotel room. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's what my app does. It's, going to compare price between Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, Postmates. Those are the big four in the food delivery service. Um, and it's just, it's basically going to use an algorithm that pulls data. Now in the Quad City area, yeah, it's, it, it's not big yet. Um, it's, we're using um, technology uh, based off of another app called Food Boss, which is very similar to TumTum. Um, but they don't have the social media side that I do. And part of my app is, is not only the uh, comparison price of food delivery, but also being able to post, how was your experience on social media? So it was the food delivered, uh, with a, with a quality experience was the food ordered correctly. Was it hot? Um, you know, all of those things. And then you can post how good the food was, you know, so people can share uh, really dedicated to food only. So not um, where a lot of your other social media things are just all over the place. This is just dedicated to food, um, which I think people generally like. Um, so yeah, it's in 68 major markets right now in Chicago, Dallas, um, Seattle, stuff like that. And 
major cities. Major market. Yep, major markets at this point. So sweet. So what kind of I mean, what led up to this? I mean, a lot of things led up to this, right? Right. Um, well, yeah, a lot of things led up to it. Um, I initially, what happened was um, I created this app with the help of my nephew. Um, one night he was staying with me. I was at my mom's. I had a terrible accident and unfortunately i had to amputate my leg and i was staying with my mom for a really long time and one night my nephew and me were hungry and it was like midnight and we're playing the nba 2k and um we wanted food delivered and we didn't want to cook anything and we wanted mcdonald's you know something greasy and um, we started to get started to dig into the food delivery thing. And we started to realize that the, the, that market is unfair. And it's unfair because there's so many apps out there that do essentially the same thing, yet there's no quality control. There's no information on what you're really paying for. You look at fees, you look at taxes, um, extra surcharges. Yeah, it's a lot. And tips. Now, all of a sudden, your your $10 value meal has turned into $22. Yeah, I've stopped myself from doing DoorDash, DoorDash mainly multiple times. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I look at um, what I'm ordering. And then I look at the final page. I'm like, this just doubles. I'm like, right. And so get off my ass. Right. It, that's right. And, and you know, and I thought it was it, it's a huge disservice. And what's what's interesting about it is before we hit hit the pandemic, I was already creating Tum Tum. I was already, I was way before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit. And it kind of gave me time to really understand the industry. And what I noticed in the industry was there's price gouging. So during this pandemic, um, DoorDash, all of them did it. They raised their delivery price. Of course. Right? Yeah. Of course. It, and so there's still not a regulatory market on what these companies charge and don't charge. And it's very confusing for the consumer. So that number one, TomTom takes care of that for you. It eliminates, it eliminates that confusion and the, that what, what we call app hopping where you hop from one app to another. Yeah, see which better. Yeah, that's right. So, that my app takes care of that. Um, so yeah, we created it one, you know, with the idea that, you know, it, we shouldn't have to do this. It's stupid. And then, you know, like I said, the social media side, but, you know, I was sitting there laying on my back for two years and I couldn't walk. And I felt I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. And you're, you're a guy that's working retail on your feet all the time. And yeah. Yeah. For 20 years, been in retail. And I always had a good, 
I felt I had a good marketing background, even though I didn't have a degree in it. I knew business pretty well. Um, and, you know, from there, I started to Google. How do we create an app? Now, I don't have the, the coding or the um, IT background. Um, you know, so I went through a company. I actually went through two companies and uh, initially. Um, and the reason I did was you never put your eggs in one basket in business. And so I didn't want, I wanted to have the most informed decision possible moving forward. And that's what I did. And then from there, we, it's just been a project for about a year and a half of, you know, coming up with, um, number one, the company name, Tum Tum, yeah. uh, the logo, the artwork, um, the color scheme, uh, the framework, you know, how it flows, um, you know, and then the nitty gritty, you have to get a hold of AWS. Um, and you have to get a hold of uh, Shopify. Um, What's AWS? I don't, I'm not familiar with uh, that. Amazon Web Service. A okay. For, yeah. for your servers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, so, and you have to get a hold of iOS and Google Play. Yeah. So these are, these are all things that you have to do to make this thing actually show up on your phone. Yeah. It's, uh, um, oh, I've got an idea. Mm -hmm you know, we should really do this. Um, and it costs money. Yeah. And, and I was at a point in my life where I didn't know first off if I was going to live with, with my injuries. Um, and we had talked a little bit before about this, but you know, I lost my leg. I couldn't do anything. And I felt I didn't have any hope. I felt my life was over. So I felt that if I created something that this would give me purpose. Yeah. Makes sense. And in a way it has, because it's something to look forward to and whether I'm successful or not. There's always I, something to do with an app too. It seems like there's always something for you to be doing. Yeah. And you updating know, and updating and, you know, maybe a, a, a collaboration with food boss or Grubhub and making those business connections. Yeah. Um, and maybe reaching out, uh, with those companies and because a lot of these apps, these food apps, they don't, you know, they have a rating system and yeah, you can look at reviews, but it's, it's pretty poor. Um, it's, it, it is, it's just poor. Um, so, and I, I just, and you know, another thing that irritates me when you get through, when you're going through these, these food apps is a lot of times you don't even know the price for delivery. Yeah, you don't know that until you get to the end. To the end. Yeah. And that to me is a disservice as well. Um, but that, you know, those are things that 
I've picked up on of what these companies should be doing. And it's what my app, it's what my app wants to be or what, what I want my app to be. So, you know, really in business, it's learn what not to do. Yeah. You know, and, and really in life too. Um, but, you know, as far as, you know, creating that, I had nothing to lose. Yeah. And you're where it's at. And now I do have something to lose. And, and to be quite honest with you, it's because I'm sober. Yeah. So when did that, uh, that the timing with the leg, kind of the same timing as getting sober as well? Um, yeah. Um, you know, it's about five years ago now I went into rehab. And I didn't take it seriously. I, 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 I did it for obligation made to make people happy. Yeah. To save my job, you know, done. Yeah. I've been there not to save the job, but mine was like, save like relationships, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And oh, I was sober than not sober on again, off again, back out, back in, back out, back in, you know, um, and I had gotten fired from my job because of alcohol. And I had another job lined up and uh, I was pretty drunk at a bar and stepped off a curb, compound fracture on my ankle, which couldn't, we couldn't repair it. And that led to the amputation. Um, which led to me laying on my back for two, two plus years in hospital, nursing homes, my mom's, which led to Tum Tum. Um, but this time around, sobriety for me, I'm doing it for myself. Yeah, and that, at the end of the day, that's what you have to do it for. And, and whether or not Tum Tum works or doesn't work, I'm okay with that because I know I have my higher power. And I know that moving forward, praying to God, one day at a time that I'm sober life will get better because a year ago a year ago I finally got my prosthetic leg I never thought I'd ever walk again and all of the physical harm that I put myself in with alcohol cirrhosis insanity in the brain yeah um you know the endoscopies you know the um everything happened for a reason and one thing that i've learned is that
whether you've made bad choices or good choices in life, it's what you take with you is the experience. And if you can take that experience and kind of look at it in a neutral way and let your higher power kind of guide you, I think you're cool. But you got to change the way you think. And you got to get sober and you got to get on the right medication. Yeah, because you were kind of self-medicating, obviously, as most people were doing. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I've, yeah. I mean, and it's pretty much everyone I talk to, I mean, that has a drinking or drug problem was, you know, there's an underlying issue of some sort. Usually it's a mental health issue. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, you know, and I don't have a problem admitting it. Um, you know, I, I've been diagnosed with bipolar. Um, where I have very extremes. Yep. Extreme highs, extreme lows. And alcohol is a very emotional drug. Oh yeah. And when you're liquored up all the time and you're bipolar you've got a kind of a double whammy and so and I won't go into more stories uh, from one addict to another I'm sure we could go round and around all day yeah um, and nothing I'm proud of but that loneliness um, and, you know, I, I mean, I had a mental breakdown in the middle of a casino. It was right before surgery and uh, I was drunk and I just lost it. And you're right. The underlying issues, you know, you got to get to a therapist. You got to be honest because if, if I didn't find sobriety and find my higher power, I would be dead. That's a fact. Yeah. And that's what you got to realize. I mean, fact that, that, that's, that's a fact. I'd be dead and I don't want to die. And for whatever reason, through all of the things that we talked about, you know, the, you know, the higher power, the the spirituality, um, prayer, sobriety, medication, therapy, yeah. all of those things you have for, for me as a, as an alcoholic, for me, I have to live by those. Yeah. It's maintenance. I, it's all about I, it. Yeah. I have to live by those principles. And if I don't live by those principles, I'm dead. Yeah. Either dead or you want to be dead. Right. That's right. And, yeah. in in um, you know, I had, 
I had planned out you know, how I was going to die. Sure. Yeah, you just sold yourself on it. I mean, I, I had no reason to live. That's what I thought. Yeah. At the time, that's what I felt and thought. And you went through when we got before we got in here, how many different surgeries before they just said, we're just going to have to remove it? 14. Yeah, which is insane. 14 surgeries and then three after. So the amputation, and then I had two more after that because of the, uh, the artery bursting and, oh, yeah. uh, and bleeding out. Yeah. And I passed out, was in the ambulance and, Two tourniquets. Um, I don't know how much a tourniquet is, but I imagine it's a lot. Um, you know, it hurt. Yeah, my bad. But you know, at that moment, you know, and I and I flash back. You know, we're talking about mental illness a little bit. You know, I have PTSD uh, from that moment. You know, and I lose. I there's times where there's a trigger or something, and I will flash back, like looking down and lo- watching myself bleed out. Yeah, that's traumatic. Um, but those are things, though, that you have to talk to your therapist about. Oh yeah, or at least someone. Someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, mental illness, I, I look at, you know, all of these, these shootings right now. And it, it's scary. Because we can, we can pass laws for guns, but what, what we're not doing is helping people with mental illness. Yeah. And, you know, I've had a few friends pass away um, knowing that a couple of them I knew were struggling mentally. And I was unaware. I didn't know how to help that person. Yeah. You know, you can say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? But ultimately, um, there's something more like that underlying issue. Yeah. And uh, it's really mental health is so important and I've never realized it until, and, and, you know, when we talk, when I talk about experiences, I would never know that mental health is serious until that, until I'm affected by it. Me personally, I deal with it every day. Yeah. Every day I have to tell myself, take my medicine every day. I have to tell myself to do things or I won't do them. Yeah. Yeah, avoidance is a big thing for me. I avoid things pretty easily that I know are going to be more difficult or possibly cause me more anxiety or more stress. 
um, or potentially lead to me being depressed. Um, Cause yeah, with me, it's yeah. My underlying things is depression. Um, and it's not just, I was talking to my barber the, earlier today about it. We always talk about mental health. Like every time I'm there, cause he's like, I, he knows I want to talk about it anyway. Um, and uh, we talked about how it was just getting to a point where, uh, how do we put it? Basically people are using like, they're like, they're saying they're like, oh yeah, I'm so depressed because my boyfriend broke up with me or something like that. And they don't even know what they're saying. And they're just like, that's, you're sad. <laughs> like there's a big difference between me waking up and just feeling depressed and feeling unmotivated to do anything. And I don't even know why, just for no reason. Um, and people don't get that. And there's another thing that I were talking about is he's um, likes to talk about, um, he's open about him being bipolar as well. And he talks about that. I'm actually going to probably have him on a podcast too. Um, and he and I both agreed that we have issues with people saying like, oh yeah, like, like using the word bipolar, like saying, oh, I'm bipolar because I am my mood changes quickly or something, or I get mad really easily or something like that. It's like, and people don't know what they're talking about. They're like, and uh, I hear, I hear it with OCD because I'm diagnosed with OCD and people are like, Oh, I'm so OCD. I like to clean this or be tidy and all this stuff. I'm like, you know, most of the people that have OCD are not like that at all. They don't like, I am super unorganized, but I have thoughts that go through my head all the time, racing thoughts, stuff I don't want to think about and also stuff I don't want to do, but I feel like I have to do because I will get more anxious. Yep. And, um, so people don't realize that they just throw things around and how people are basically making it worse and not even knowing it by bringing those type of things up. And uh, yeah, we had a good conversation about that and it was just like, and people using it as an excuse too. Like some people use it as an excuse not to do things and they make it very open about that. Like, um, yeah, it's definitely tough, but by making an excuse, you're telling people that, you know, they can make an excuse too. They can be like, they can say, Oh, I'm not, um, you know, it's, it's raining today. I I'm feeling, down right. whatever if they have see i get it with seasonal stuff too like sometimes i get like in the fall like fall fucks me up every year i don't know why um i just always feel weird in fall i don't like fall for some reason but it messes with my head and i don't know why but i don't try to use that as an excuse not to do anything um because i know if i don't do anything i'm just going to be worse anyway i have to stay active i have to stay focused on what I want to do and continuing to try different, different things that I was scared to do, even when I was drinking. Um, like I tried, I did the, I did the whole stand-up comedy thing. I don't think it went that well. It was, it was fun. Um, it was an open mic thing. So no one expected me to do anything spectacular and just go up there and be a natural. So, but 
I never even considered doing that when I was drinking. Um, and I thought I could do all kinds of stuff when I was drinking or doing other substances. And uh, I don't know, just uh, I found I, I could respect myself a lot more than I used to. And that gets better the longer I stay clean, the longer I stay away from all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've got a buddy. He, uh, you know, as you know, we don't we don't claim anybody to be an alcoholic unless they say they are. Yeah, um, exactly. But, you know, one of my old, old friends. He could play one on TV. <laughs> um, you know, I think he, he's probably an alcoholic and he calls me up drunk every weekend and those conversations I when I when I hear I hear myself oh yeah yeah and I cringe every time I hear myself on the phone and I avoid that phone call because I know what that phone call is going to be. And it's going to be me on the other side of that phone. Really? Yeah. Really? That really, I'm going to be literally giving myself my own advice that I should have been giving to myself for a very long time before. Um, knowing that I was exactly that behavior. Yeah, I've had a lot of people reach out to me. Not that consistently, though. That's that's interesting. Um, that's actually kind of good in the sense that he's consistently doing it because they know he knows there's some type of. That's obviously that's like the it's like the zero step kind of um, before you actually do the first step is yeah. knowing in the back of your mind there's yeah, that there's, was me that yeah. was me like when i was i used to sit at bars and uh i'd go to bars so often where i was just like why am i even here and then i would still stay i was just like i don't even know why i'm here uh, i don't even really want to be here that much uh i'm getting to the point and then got to the point where Strong a lot of the same people all the time. It's like, I don't even really like these people that much. Um, some of them I did. Some of them I miss seeing, but that's the only way I could see them as if I went to the bar. Yeah. Um, and then I got friends with like certain bartenders I'm still good friends with, but I can't go see them at work. I, I could, I could go with somebody else, but I, I would have to leave immediately and I would be bored. I'd be like, this is boring. There's yeah. no reason for me to be here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the only places I've gone really is uh, like I'll go to Analog because you can just play games and stuff there. It's not really, a, I mean, there's a bar there, but it's not the main focus. So that's something fun to do. And there's, you know, I've been to the dry bar a couple of times. It's all right. They're pretty good food there. Um, so that's a niche, different experience. It's mainly all people that are in recovery that go there anyway. Right. Um, so that's been pretty cool. But yeah, it's just finding different things to do and 
yeah, finding things that you're passionate about that you were avoiding doing because you're messed up all the time. Oh yeah. And you know, it's, and I think one of the biggest things for me now is, you know, I, I don't have to look over my shoulder anymore. Uh, and I don't have to lie. Yeah. Um, my experience is my experience, good and bad, you know, like I said, and the mistakes I've made, you know, I got to make them right. And, uh, you know, that, that's it. I mean, I don't know. It's a lot of mistakes, a lot of hurt the insanity of alcohol. And some people like down the road are just like, they'll forgive you without even asking because they're like, they're just so happy that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And not that person anymore. And then that's really what I keep focused on is, you know, no matter how hard my life could be in the future, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know if Tum Tum's going to be successful or not. I, but I know now that I have the experience and the skills, hopefully, to not take that drink. Yeah. Because I don't want to take that drink for me. But I could have never. There's so many factors that play into your sobriety. It's not just one factor. Mm-hmm. You have to have the right people around you. You got to go to AA. You, you got to get to a meeting. You've got to find a, a higher power or something. Something bigger than yourself. And that could be service work or, or something. Um, you got to meditate or pray or take a deep breath. You know, maintenance. Yep. You have to do it. And it's super hard for addicts. Especially, you know, especially at first. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the thing of it is, you know, you know, there's always that debate about, is it, is it a disease? Is it not a disease? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I go to AA every Sunday morning. And, uh, one of the guys in there, he says, I was born an alcoholic and I'm going to die an alcoholic. Been yeah. so, he's been sober for 30 plus years. I've heard things like that. Yeah. But I was, you know, I was born an alcoholic and I knew, I knew honestly, I was an alcoholic probably at the age of 16. Obviously didn't show any of the symptoms or signs or behaviors at 16. 
but there was something there when I was about 18 years old and I knew right there and it was it, it was that um, I had never felt so free in my life that euphoria yeah that that feeling of euphoric like liked it you liked it more than other people did for them sure that's right and you know in you know looking at my family history and the chemical makeup the dna and oh yeah i was i was a prime candidate to soak up the booze yeah and So, and I had, you know, physical symptoms. Draws, stuff like that. Oh, I mean, shakes. I mean, that. And every morning I would throw up blood, dry heave. And it got to the point with my drinking I wanted, and this is this is the insanity of it. I wanted to wake up in the morning and throw up. This is crazy to feel the pain, to make myself suffer for what I had did the night before, like a repentance type of thing. Yeah, yeah. But then I needed the alcohol that morning to get rid of the shakes and the stomach. You know, you get a couple drinks and you you're not thrown up anymore. Yeah. You're you're stable. You know. And I lived like that for years. Years. That yeah, just the dependency. Years. Hold on just a second. I just want to make sure we're still connected here. Okay. So just... uh for people maybe just tuning in now. Um, again, I'm talking with Ben Snyder, who is the creator of TumTum, which is a new app that uh, I'll let you go over again, uh, but it's basically to uh, eliminate app jumping from one app to another when you're delivering food, whether it's on Grubhub, Uber Eats, uh, DoorDash, what was the other one? Postmates. Postmates. That's the other one. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So just because uh, people jump in and out a lot here, and I just shared it on my personal Facebook too. So we'll probably get some more people uh, joining. So, um, so yeah. So again, what you were obviously uh, had a lot of free time on your hands uh, because of the surgeries and the leg amputation being you know, basically on bed rest, it sounds like. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you came up with the idea, you and your nephew came up with the idea for this app and launched it. And uh, it's, uh, you're working your way into getting it into the, do you have an idea of when you're going to get it into the, into this market? Or like oh, a, I, I don't know, you know, uh, hopefully soon. Um, I don't know though. I don't know an ETA on the Quad Cities, to be honest. Um, I wish I wish I did. Um, that, and I'm waiting to hear back. Um, but it, my idea got pitched to investors. And That'll like, help, obviously. Yeah. Um, so the company that I went through, it's Godai, is the company. They're an app development company based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And um, they had an investor call. So I don't know how that went. I'm waiting to hear back. But that would generate, um, you know, enough revenue to start to really um, advertise. Yeah. Uh, on your social media networks. And, and to really get the word out. Get um, people to download the app. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's a free download. You know, we're not charging anything for it. Um, so where would the revenue come from on your end? Yeah. So that's, you know, and that's, a, and I get that question a lot. So in time, if, if my app gets popular, your, your Uber Eats of the world, Grubhub's of the world, well, they're going to want to advertise on my app. Yeah. They're going those little banners that are floating at the bottom and the top and the pop up right in the middle. Uh, and they're going to want to say, Hey, download my app. But we're going to give you a perk or download it from Tum Tum. Well, you know, so there's going to be some advertising there, basically selling ad space on the app. Yeah. Is really how, will support it um you know and then uh hopefully you know if it grows like i said we can combine forces with, with another company but yeah that's how we're going to generate revenue is through advertising makes so. sense yeah so no subscription stuff like that nope and the thing of it is, is, I didn't want the overhead. You look at the actual delivery services, if you think about their costs, you know, they've got to pay drivers. Mm. They've got to the insurance. You know, so if a driver gets to an accident, what does that look like? Um, what does that look like if a customer doesn't get their food? How do you remedy that? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want that overhead. I didn't want, I didn't want that headache of trying to figure out all of the logistics of, you know, using Google Maps to track your food and setting up all the. I didn't. Number one, I didn't. I don't have that type of money because that's yeah. what it. I mean, it takes serious money to do that. I didn't have it, so I 
something that made sense, but yet was what I could afford. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was. Well, you don't want to try to do too much either. That's right. Yeah, because you know when you when I first started getting the ball rolling, I, I had a million ideas. Yeah, of course. It's the million. Well, from that million, you know, we got to narrow it down. You know, I had 25 different names for the company. Yeah, of course. You know, so I have to like, I have to like, okay, these are the five, you know, and then narrow that down. And then, and then, you know, to get it actually out on the app stores, you know, we had to trim, you know, so we, I couldn't, we couldn't do everything that I wanted to do right away. But like you said, in time, hopefully we can expand on the app and it'll grow and you know become something pretty mainstream. Because you know, I do think that people they want to talk about food, they love food. We need food to live. And you know, with this pandemic, people don't really, you know, they were scared to go to the grocery store. You know, you can have no contact delivery. Pretty sweet deal. Yeah, and so. basically, um, for people that didn't hear it before, basically what that app does now um, for, you know, where it's in market, of course, you'll be able to basically find the best deal for the, um, like, say you wanted McDonald's, for example. Right delivered you would be able to get the best deal um depending and then it'll direct you to whichever app has the best deal yep between yep. The, big, the big four of them yeah big four I and mean, there's others out there but yeah i mean that's the yep but best food delivery price and it saves you time you know and that's the thing that was another benefit that that my nephew and me talked about was you could literally spend an hour app hopping well if you've got a family got two kids three kids dog you just got home from work you give the kid the cell phone order something for food i don't have time for dinner you know we've got to go to soccer whatever it is well do you have an hour to figure out what you're going to eat? No, no. People do not. No. I mean, you got to go. Like, nobody has time to figure out. Well, that's why you're ordering food, man, like, because you don't want to take the time to cook or anything. Right. But, you you know, you don't also don't want to waste an extra 10 bucks for the exact same thing. Exact. Yeah. I mean, the, I haven't seen any delivery service do anything better than anyone else there's not it's not like grubhub is delivering and executing an experience that is world class no it's all the same what are saying? They, they all do the same thing they all have their stupid little bag with their mask and they act like it's warm but it's it's kind of warm yeah it was like pizza there's no there's no I mean, nobody's out there just 
saying, well, wow, this is just a great experience. No. Like, but you really got to go through DoorDash, man. They have the best delivery drivers. Like, nobody cares. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and until, until people start to care about it, nobody, it's never going to change. Um, yeah. So people will it, be able to review their experience. So if that's the case, then you might as well save five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's silly. It's silly. Yeah. So. It may even force your app may even force these people to change. Hopefully. And, and that's, and that was one of the kind of the uh, underlying themes that I wanted was to really, to really create an experience for the customer. Because including myself, I, I know other people where either one, your order got canceled or it, it showed up. It was the wrong order, completely the wrong order. I've had that happen to me. Yeah. Where they grabbed another delivery. Yeah. Um, didn't check it. Um, food was cold. Um, they I've had it where they actually delivered it to the wrong apartment door. Yeah. Um, so these are all problems and there's no accountability. I mean, yeah, you can control your tip. You know, you can control, well, how was the service? A lot of it, you, I mean, if you're using a card, you tip before they even get there. That's right. Which is super messed up. So, and then, okay, rate your experience. Well, you get a star. And you know what they say? Sorry. Well, if you, you know, there's no, well, maybe you will give you a $2 credit. Sorry for the bad experience. I got a credit with DoorDash once. I, I will say that. Um, uh, yeah. Because they screwed up. Uh, it's just, you know, if, if we actually use smartphones for our advantage, what, what we should do the driver should have to scan a QR code in the restaurant. Yep, it's right. It's correct. Yeah. Quality control. That's what should be going on. But, but they don't you know, have to do that. They don't have to. So why would they? Yeah. That's extra money. And, and maybe my app will put pressure. On, on the industry because it's a huge industry huge industry oh yeah and it billions. just boomed it's even. billions of dollars it's billions billions of dollars so, so yep. how did you find the the developers you just did some, some research online and yeah, i just did a google search i said create now how do i create an app what you know what company creates apps um and then basically what I did is I submitted on their websites, I submitted my idea, a, you know, a, a description of my idea, why I think it's important, basically a business plan. Yeah. Essentially is what the description is. And then I got a call from two different companies that said, we really like your idea. And then from there, with uh, research and development, 
uh, market research. You know, we looked at um, like Grubhub. I believe Grubhub's worth well over a billion dollars. I mean, well over. I mean, um, and so we looked at the market research. And then I looked at the two companies and I said, well, this company, you know, it just, they seem lackadaisical. They just not really on the ball. So I went with the other company. Um, seemed to be more motivated, more aggressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, because I knew I couldn't do it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have a degree in that. I don't, It'll take you forever to learn it, and yeah, yeah, get and it done right. That's right. Quality control. Yeah, you know, I, I want to put out a product that was terrible or mediocre or anything. Like that. Yeah, I want to do it the right way. You know, and I've got to be patient around the Quad City area. I understand that, but um, I didn't want to do something that was just. Um, you know, cause there's a lot of apps out there that they have like one download <laughs> and it's like, wh- like why, yeah, why even create that? So I wanted to do it the right way. So, so now you're just, uh, all right. How are you spreading the word now? Cause you're city working on advertising and you know, that costs money. So yep. Yeah, this is so this is my advertising right now at this yeah. point. Um, I just don't have it. Yeah. So, well, you know, I mean, you got the investor interested, so that's something. And then obviously you can start pitching it to other, I mean, there's all kinds of investors out there. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. So, you know, it, it takes time and things will happen. I'm not worried. Um, I just think it's really cool that I never would have if if I, I'll put it this way. I never would have created Tum Tum if I wasn't an alcoholic and if I didn't lose my leg. Yeah, which is crazy to say, but it's true. I, I never would have created Tum Tum. I also would have continued to live my life very unhappy and miserable. Um, Because I was miserable. Uh, I hated working retail. I was pretty good at it, but I hated it. The mistreatment of employees is sickening. The lack of leadership. The lack of knowledge and guidance. Really being in an industry, trying to be the best in a really bad industry. Yeah. I know what you mean. I didn't do it for that long, but I did it for long enough. And... So, you know, in a way, 
even though they were painful and hurtful and it really, this whole experience really put me through a lot, almost death. I'm glad I went through it. I, I, and I mean that because I can honestly say today, I can have a conversation with you. I was on time sober and talked about my business and a business that I never would have created. And it feels, it feels like I'm free and not having to listen to bosses that don't get it and, yeah. and, and to be able to use my um, creativity. You know, this is why I was so inspired when, when you put out that message on Facebook. Because this is a, like a collaboration. Things that we've been through, you know, the mental illness side, the work side, uh, the addiction side, um, that people need to know. Yeah. People sure. need to be aware that just because you, you have some things that are going on, that there, there is help out there. I'm not going to be a dude that says, oh, yeah, everything will be fine. Just do this, that bullshit. Yeah. Life's hard. Life, life at times sucks. It's, but for the longest time, I put on this, this, this mask, this, this bullshit. Yep. And now it's time to buckle down and, and get real and start living my life how I want to live it. And I don't know. I, I just, there's so much more to life uh, now that, that, you appreciate life more when you go through a really bad experience. Yeah. And I talked to a lot of people about uh, when the pandemic started and everybody was freaking out and all my friends in recovery were just like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've, we've been through way worse than this shit, like just internally and put ourselves through hell and it's almost like we're can be numb to certain things. Yes. Um, just because like, um, like I've had a couple of grandparents pass away over the last year and it didn't hit me as hard. Obviously I was not happy about the situation. It was obviously terrible, but it didn't hit me as hard as it hit some other family members who um, you know, maybe haven't, you know, kicked their own ass as much as I have. Um, and it was just surreal notice. I just noticed that. And that's the thing, other things I noticed things that I didn't notice before about myself and about the world and about other people and just being aware of what's going on and not, yeah, not hiding out, uh, like the, the mass thing I used to, I had different masks. I was like, I was a chameleon. I would blend in wherever I was and with whoever I was with and 
be whoever I had to be just to fit in and be liked and um, to get more of what I needed to get. And uh, I'm just really glad I don't have to live that way anymore. Just like you were saying, it's just really, it takes a huge toll on you and um, it's so relieving and not to have to lie and, you know, not, skip out on stuff all the time uh like yeah if i say something if i say i'm gonna be somewhere i'm gonna be somewhere i'm still adjusting on i still um have issues being on time sometimes i'm better at it i'll at least tell you i'm gonna be late though (laughs) Um, i didn't do that before i would just show up like you're lucky i showed up at all yep um but yeah, not having to deal with that anymore. And yeah, just find the new way to live. And that, and that is, uh, yeah, and that comes from a lot of work and a lot of uh, working with other people, talking to other people, going to meetings, whatever type of meeting you want to go to. Um, and seeing, uh, I started seeing a therapist regularly again uh, a couple of years ago. Same with a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist that doesn't, just talk about drugs. She talks about me. Yep. Um, that's a big thing. But the fact that I had to go to Iowa city to find a psychiatrist where I could get in and not wait six months. Right. Was ridiculous. And that's something people don't talk about at all. Yeah. And, and you know, we can, you know, we can talk about that. Um, you know, that's a great, that's a great subject uh yeah it's ridiculous it, it and you know the, what amazes me is that you do have to wait four to six months around here if you're starting out yeah and during that, before you can actually get in, what's going to that four to six months? Yeah. So you just, for the next four months of your life, six months, you go about your life miserable. Yeah, just hope, hope for the best. Potentially may harm yourself or others that we've seen very recently in the news. Yeah. But if you have a heart attack, you're in the hospital immediately. I, you brought up a great point. The distinguishing between mental illness and bullshit. Yeah. And nobody should ever have to wait, in my opinion, especially in this country, to be able to talk to somebody. And I've seen a lot of, even before the pandemic, but with the pandemic, a lot of virtual stuff's gone up, which is huge. Um, That's been another resource because there's, one app that I knew about before even the pandemic started that was doing virtual visits with therapists and things like that. 
So using technology to our advantage. Yep. Um, and that happened with, with meetings for, you know, like AANA, all that stuff as well. Um, because, you know, obviously physical meetings weren't a thing for a little bit. Some were still doing it anyway, which whatever. Um, but some people weren't comfortable with that. And they also, you know, wanted to stay, <laughs> wanted to stay clean and they didn't want to use and uh, needed something. So I've seen a lot of good things happen from the pandemic and um, on that aspect. And also um, my, all of my visits with my psychiatrist and my therapist have been virtual since, since March. And they've actually been cheaper because they're virtual, which makes no sense, but whatever. Cause there's like been deals with insurance and stuff like that. Um, and it's just easier for both of us. I mean, would I like to be in person? Probably. Right. Um, but it's better than nothing. It's way better than nothing. Still that line of communication that I need. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't have to drive to Iowa city because that's where I was going (laughs) because I didn't want to wait six months because I, I missed an appointment with one of my psychiatrists, um, with my with my psychiatrist here, and to get back on her schedule, it was ridiculous. Because um, I I screwed up. I mean, I forgot about the appointment. Um, I messed up and didn't show up, and I tried to reschedule, and they're like, basically, I just had to start over. And uh, I'm glad though, because I had that psychiatrist really felt more to me like a drug dealer than a psychiatrist. Like, what do you want? Do you want more of this? Do you need more of that? Do you want some Xanax? No, I don't want Xanax. I told you this. Do not get me Xanax. <laughs> That's the last thing I need. Do I want Xanax? Yes. Do I need Xanax? No. <laughs> like big difference. Um, so I had to explain that to her a couple times. And it was like, now I see a psychiatrist where she knows I'm an ag, she knows I'm in recovery. We're very hesitant about certain things. She monitors, you know, when I refill stuff um, for potential, you know, abuse or anything like that. And we're, I'm just honest with her. That's really what it's all about. And you, you're not gonna tell anybody, any of these therapists or psychiatrists something they haven't heard before. Yeah. Yep. They have heard it all. They've heard a lot of things that you don't want to hear, (laughs) but yeah, that's what they get paid for. That's their job. But yeah, the virtual thing, I've encouraged that to people because people uh, as an option to look into, to try to avoid that wait for in-person stuff. But um, because there's things like Teladoc and a lot of your, your insurance may cover it. Are, or already have a partner yep. with with a site or an app that does that already or your employer there's empl- the, people don't know about the employee assistance program like nobody knows about that oh yeah um, e- is huge take yeah. yeah it's huge yeah you can get free visits uh all kinds of good stuff oh i in in when i was working 
you know, I did use the EAP, you know, this is for people out there that are, you know, struggling. Use your employer as a resource. Yep. They want you to be healthy. Otherwise you can't Use, work. It, 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 I don't want to say take advantage of it, but take advantage of it. I mean, there's no other way to put it really. That's what's there for. I mean, our, my company makes sure to mention it. I work for a benefits company, so they make sure to mention. Absolutely. Oh, and you know, it, it helped me at times um, as a manager, you know, I was, I was, uh, I, I had an anxiety attack. What happened? And I was the manager on duty and luckily another manager there. And I had to call uh, the EAP line to calm me down. So it is a good resource. And the, yeah, and I have done, I've done Microsoft Teams uh, with therapists, you know, so the virtual thing app, it's a great starting point, but you know, it, The mental illness thing, I'm more educated now than I ever have been. And when I look at like all of these problems that are going on in our country and in the world, it all comes down to mental illness. Yeah, I see it that way too. And it doesn't get talked about. No, it's, it, it, you know, it's okay. Somebody shot somebody. But the underlying issue, it's mental illness. You don't just shoot somebody. It's just not. You know, you don't, you don't go in, you know, into a, a, a FedEx building, kill multiple people, and have the attitude, well, my life is so bad that not only am I going to make everyone around me suffer, then I'm going to kill myself so I'm going to force all of my sadness and anger resentment fear onto the world before I die that's a mental health issue I don't care what anybody it's a mental health just like addiction it's a mental health issue. Yeah. Yes. It turns into a physical. It turns into a physical problem. Oh yeah. I mean, it tears your body apart, but it's a mental health issue. It is. It's a disease. And I, you can, you can really, I, I really feel you can really put a big, balloon or a around a big hat around the problems in society are because of mental illness it yeah. is a lot of it and yeah, people aren't talking to each other as much either especially no. no especially over the last year but before that it was bad anyway i mean Nobody really talks to anyone. Um, it's all small talk bullshit. Um, yep. Yeah, they don't, people really don't get down to the, uh, 
the nitty gritty. Yeah. Not there's not a lot of substance. And you know, probably well, I know a time in my life I didn't have a lot of substance either. Being drunk all the time. But I see so many people now, and it's really obvious the struggles. You see it on people's faces. Mm-hmm. That, that look of displacement. They're not content. They're not happy. They're not really sad either. They're just kind of... It's coasting there. They're just kind of... They're existing is what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt for a long time is I was was not really living. I was just existing and... Oh, yeah. Going through the motions. And especially being intoxicated all the time. Um... That's all you did. You wake up. You existed. No purpose. Yep. No purpose. And Tom Tom gave me purpose. So thank God for that. And that's really why I talk about that experience. Because, yeah. because those, those experiences that I went through gave me purpose today. Yeah, you had to go through that to get to where you are now. Which is crazy. Yeah. But I am so grateful that I can have a conversation with you tonight about that. I remember a couple of years ago we talked and then... Yeah. Uh, reached out and uh yeah had me worried there man I'm glad yeah but it was one of those things like because i hear from people every once in a while and i'm just like i don't know what i'm supposed to do uh i can't make them i can't make them want it as much as i did yeah uh, it has to happen somehow yeah and you know and i you know, and everybody's different. And, you know, I had that moment, that spiritual awakening. Not everybody does. I did. But everybody's different. And, you know, and, but, you know, just lucky today to be alive and share my story. Um, is alcohol I lost my house I lost my car I lost my job I lost my leg almost lost my life yeah relationships everything chips uh lost uh four teeth um (laughs) I lost a part of a tooth one time and I still don't know how it happened um you know I had gum disease um you know, I, I, you know, just on and on. So, 
those experiences has led me to today. And I'm proud of that. I'm not proud of what I've done, yeah. but I'm proud of where I'm headed and where I'm going. And I'm proud of the fact that I know myself better than I've ever known myself before. Yeah, that gives you like just this amount I, of freedom that people don't understand. Yeah, I know myself. Yeah. So, you know, that's just my little tidbit of hope, I guess. And hopefully Tum Tum launches and hopefully my crazy ass brain wasn't too stupid and it actually works. So <laughs> it's definitely a great idea. And it makes a lot more sense that because uh, I wanted you to obviously you explain it and something you're passionate about and want you to yeah. share about it. So For sure. um, yeah, it's a lot it's 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 simple and it's straight to the point um and yeah i'm looking forward to the opportunity there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for you if you just keep doing what you're doing yeah I mean, the way it works yep and i and you know i i don't think i could work for anybody ever again <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's another thing yeah i got the uh, slight um I got that slight freedom, um, but unfortunately I wasn't ready to get clean yet. So I screwed it up um, where I was running a business and I want that back again. Um, but right now I'm going the safe route, um, you know, getting paid decently, having decent benefits, working for a company that I don't hate, which is tough um, where I get along with people and I feel like I have a purpose there. But eventually, down the road, I'm going to have to be doing something on my own again. Right. I just don't know what it is yet. And I don't want to rush into it. It'll just be one of those things like you were talking about with your nephew and you just had this idea and you're like, okay, this has legs. This makes sense. And you got to take risks and go for it. But yeah, I haven't had that idea yet. I know I will. I just, I'm just yeah. waiting. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, it was kind of a catch 22 because for me it was, I have nothing to lose. Right. Oh yeah. You know, I, I'm laid up. I, I don't have anything, you know, but at the same time, I had to take that risk. It was like the perfect storm. It's like everything fell into place. I had to take the risk. I had to. And if I didn't, if I didn't take the risk, I'd still be pissed at myself. Today. Yeah, the, the regret. Yeah. Fact, not doing it. We wouldn't even be talking. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't take the risk. I had to. Uh, you only got one chance, so you got to take it. And with all of the chaos that was in my life during that time, that was the only thing that made sense. <laughs> it's to develop a new company. Yeah, which is a very complicated thing. Things up here that was making sense. Yeah. 
everything else was chaos. You know, I, I wasn't drinking at the time because well, I was so injured, but um, my head was still messed up. Yeah. And it happened. But that was the one thing that kept me sane. Yeah, you had a purpose. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy how life is. Yeah, it is. Well, I better get this wrapped up. I try not right. to go too long. Um, but I definitely appreciate you coming on and it was good yeah. catching up with you. We'll have to meet up in person sometime soon. Yeah, we'll get some food or a coffee or something. Yeah, we'll get delivery, but the cheapest route possible, hopefully. <laughs> all right man we'll talk soon okay take care man thank you yep you too bye bye